Hello, superstars. Welcome back to the next installment in our Sorta Spicy series. As you all may know, this is the series that we put together to give ourselves a little permission to talk about some topics that we're just going to be honest, these are never going to be on the main Friday show. Now, some of our Sorta Spicy episodes are going to be a little bit more serious, like I hope you've heard the first installment in the Sorta Spicy series. That was my conversation with my sister, Emily, about her recovery in a 12-step program, which is fantastic. One of my favorite episodes ever. So make sure that you have found that in your podcast app or on our Patreon page to listen to that. But we're going to take a real turn today with this episode. We're going to go in the direction of something a little bit more lighthearted, still very spicy, but more lighthearted. I am joined today by Rebecca Hoffer. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. Hello, Meg. Hello, superstars. We are a little giddy um, about this episode. We've had so much fun planning it. Um, This is one that kind of was inspired, Rebecca, by our superstars on an earlier overflow episode this year. We were talking about, you know, the sort of complicated feelings about enjoying things that maybe not everybody would understand why you're so into them, maybe even feeling a little bit of embarrassment sometimes over the things that we're really into. And we talked about your deep and newfound love for the genre of books known as romance. And some of our superstars were like, Rebecca, you can't just tease us like that. Like, what specifically are you reading, right? Yes, yes. I had many, many requests for people from people for me to share my list of favorites these days. And instantly we knew that this needed to be a sort of spicy episode. Absolutely, yes. So we have put together a list of 10. You know we love a list of 10 around here. Rebecca actually is going to carry a lot of the uh, recommendation load in this episode because Rebecca has seven books. I have three that we're going to talk about. They're going to be so fun. Now, before we start this episode, I do want to tell you, first of all, all of the books that we're going to talk about on this episode will totally be in show notes for this episode. So do not feel like you have to jot down notes or anything like that. Um, secondly, you guys, thank you so much for making this Sorta Spicy series possible with your ongoing support of Sorta Awesome. It means so much to us. We know 2020 has been quite the year. Many of us have had to make difficult decisions. We are filled with gratitude, genuinely so thankful that you all have decided to continue on with us as superstars through this year. So thank you so much for making this series possible with your support via Patreon. So Rebecca, we have so much to talk about. We're going to be talking about enemies to lovers. We're going to be talking about opposites and how they attract. Even if you think to yourself, like, I don't read romance books, just stay tuned because we've got some good conversation ahead of us. But first, before we get into our list of 10, because we are having so much fun with this sort of spicy series, we're we're making these like episodes of Sort of Awesome. We're going to start with some awesomes of the week. Rebecca, what do you want to talk to us about that's awesome in your life right now? Well, my awesome of the week is directly related to this romance obsession that I am experiencing right now because it is Kindle Unlimited through Amazon. Specifically, that Amazon offers a two-month free trial to Kindle Unlimited. 
I tried this out this past summer. I think I signed up originally in May and it is like the sole reason that I have really fallen down the rabbit hole of loving romance novels. Um, Basically what Kindle Unlimited is, is it is a selection of Amazon's eBooks, Kindle books, that they offer free of charge uh, when you sign up for the subscription for Kindle Unlimited. But with this two-month free trial, you're able to read like a lot of books and not have to pay a thing for it, which was really ideal this summer during the pandemic. The libraries were closed and it really was my gateway drug <laughs> to romance yes. books. Now, it's not just romance books, although they have a lot that are amazing. But also, they have all kinds of books, genres of books. My kids used it this summer. It really is for a two-month free trial. It really is like a fantastic thing to just test out. The Kindle books can work on your Kindle or it can work on a free Kindle app for your smartphone. I personally used both a Kindle and the Kindle app on my phone. I enjoyed reading on both. The best thing about this um, this trial is that you can sign up and then you can go into your memberships and subscriptions under your Amazon account and you can cancel the account like within seconds of signing up and Amazon will give you access for the full two months. So there's no risk at all that oh, you're going to be charged. Dang. Okay. Now that's pretty generous of Amazon to do it that way. Usually when you cancel, it's like, okay, now you have like this, it's either instantly cut off when you've signed up for something or it's like, well, this will last you, you know, this many more weeks, but that's pretty great that you can cancel right away. It's really amazing. Now in full, full integrity here, trying to keep up the integrity of awesomes of the week. You know, one thing that we as a team have talked about is that we do not do like sponsored awesomes of the week. Um, yes, we might have affiliate links for something, but our main motivator is always to just spread the awesome yes. and not to be making the bank. Right. But we will get um, some payment back from Amazon. As a matter of fact, it really does add up. If the, you're looking for a free way to support the show, we will get $3 per person that signs up for this, which can really add up quickly. Um, and so it's a great way to support this show. But, you know, I'm truly sharing it because it really was the way that I was. A Meg, I read 35 books so far this year. Who even are you, Rebecca? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm blown I away right now. I never read this much. I never read this much. Yes. I mean. That's so many books. That's so it's great. so many books. I mean, for me, it is so many books. Yeah. And the majority of those were on Kindle Unlimited. So I'm going to be talking more about Kindle Unlimited at the end of the episode, actually, to kind of help you guys get the most bang for your buck um, out of these two months. I actually have some tips and tricks, but I'm going to save them for the end. Um. Also, I'll say that out of these books that I'm recommending here today, four of my recommendations are from Kindle Unlimited. So right away, you're going to have something that you can download um, if you sign up for this free trial that you know is going to be worth reading. So, so I, I, it, it changed my life. It changed my life. I love that. That is so fantastic. And if your kids have um, Kindle Fires for their tablets, 
it's super easy for them to read books on there as well. And so uh, again, it doesn't even have to be just for your own reading. It can be for kids books too. So such a great deal. Love it. All right. My awesome of the week this week is something that I would not normally talk about. Maybe I would. I don't know. It's kind of a little bit more of a, um, an unmentionable topic, if you will. <laughs> I have found some underwear that I really love. Now, I normally do call un women's underwear panties, but I know many people have like an allergic reaction to the word panties, including my sister, who I know will be listening to this. So to protect everyone's innocence and their ears, I will call them <laughs> underwear. <laughs> do you so have funny. a problem with the word panties, Rebecca? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of, like, I don't know. I could be pushed either way. I think... For this particular episode, it, it just makes sense to call them panties. <laughs> yes. I think it's the only thing you should call them. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. The thing that's really remarkable about these underwear is they have a little bit, a little bit of light control. Now, I'm going to read you the name of this style of underwear, and it's going to sound a lot more intense and a lot more serious than they are in reality. This is from a company called Barbara Lingerie, and this is Barbara's six-pack of women's high-waist tummy control girdle panties. I mean, it's right there in the oh. title. Girdle uh, I know. Listen, that doesn't sound good. Listen, I think that they must have created that title specifically for search engine optimization. If you're trying to find something with a little control, ladies, this is not like wearing a girdle, I promise you. But, you know, I've had a few kids. I've had some pregnancies. I've had twins. And sometimes you just, you could use a little extra holding in of the things. I'm using a lot of hand motions right now, Rebecca. It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, but sometimes you just need a little smoothing out. You know what I mean? Under a, well, under a dress, especially. Yes, or... most definitely. And not even just smoothing out, but even just like for core strength. Sometimes I think yes. sometimes it just feels good to have something yes. holding you all in. Holding it all together, giving you a little extra support. So I found these. I found them on Amazon. You can find them other places. There's another store I found them that's called B2Body.com uh, that carries them. I'm sure you can find them in different um, places online. I think that Barbara Lingerie is a fairly popular uh, brand of, of women's underwear and stuff. Um, I found them on Amazon and they have almost five stars with over 2000 ratings on Ooh, Amazon. That's a lot. I that's know. A lot. Yes. That perked my ears up for sure as I was looking for these. Um, so the deal is, you know, they're like, they're definitely totally synthetics. If you really need a breathable cotton underwear, these are not for you. Um, but they're really very quite silky when you put them on. They have like a really nice touch. They're mostly polyester. I normally do not like synthetics um, for underwear, but I think the trade-off is worth it because they are so comfortable. And again, it's not like actually, like if you sometimes think like, I don't, I don't actually want to wear Spanx or, you know, something that is an actual shapewear because fill in the blank reason why you maybe they're, you know, too uncomfortable or you're philosophically opposed to shapewear, whatever the thing is. Um, but you do sometimes just want a little extra support, especially around your tummy. 
these are a fantastic way to do that they're so comfortable they're very lightweight and again they just kind of smooth things out for you without having to take the extra step sometimes you maybe want some shapewear but if this this is just more for like daily regular i just need a little smoothing out situation how high is the high waisted? Okay, now I have recently come to the conclusion that I think I'm shorter waisted than most, but they can... I'm super short waisted. Are you? High waisted stuff goes like over my boobs. <laughs> you know what? I tried on That's a, that's an extreme, but <laughs> but it's 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 really high. Well, that's how I discovered how short waisted I am. I ordered some high waisted jeans since those are everywhere all the trend right now. And uh, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. I literally look like a clown or something. <laughs> but I will say that these are very high-waisted. I mean, they fully do – they come up probably – I'm trying to kind of measure right now with my uh, hands. I think they come up probably like two inches above my belly button. So they okay. are – they definitely are coming up. They're, uh, they're a very high waist on me. If you have a longer torso, you may not have that same effect. But again, depending on, you know, as a, as a uh, four-time C-section mom, I actually need more. That's, that was the, now I remembered, that was the deciding factor. I read in the reviews that somebody who is a C-section mom said that she needs a little help. You know, those of us who have C-sections have maybe a little bit of a, um, well, some people call it like the C-section pooch right at the bottom of your tummy mm -hmm. and yeah. this c-section mom said that this was perfect for smoothing that area out specifically and i have to tell you that it really does help in that area so even if you don't need support all the way up above your belly button if you need some support lower on your tummy these are a great pick so are they peeking out of the top of your pants i mean they yeah they are right now i'm wearing jeans but i mean you can I don't know that you could see them. It's not like a really visible line. I guess it depends well, on what kind what, of top you're wearing. Oh, I mean, with your crop tops, right? Um, Are they yes, peeking out? Yes, Rebecca, I wear a lot of crop tops. <laughs> I am old. I am an old. I am 43. Just, there is not a crop top one in my closet just, right now. I'm just kidding. I don't wear crop tops either. But mm, um, hang on. Okay. It's all my girls want to wear, so yes. yes. Okay, well, no, this is helpful to know. Yeah, good, good, uh, good, spicy, awesome of the week. <laughs> Get those panties, girls. <laughs> but I think you'll like these. So I'll put a link. We're going to have so many show notes for this. I'll put a link for you if you want to check them out. Okay. Rebecca. Yes, we are so excited. Um, before we get to our list, though, and you guys, if you've listened to Sort of Awesome, for any length of time you probably know a little bit because Rebecca and I feel like I th I think we've both had our romance genre epiphanies like in real time as sort of awesome has been in production does that oh, feel yes, right for you definitely, definitely yes, for you yes. like this it's pretty recent for you um I would say mine goes back I was looking in my Kindle library to be like when did I read these books I mean this has happened uh, over the course of several years but kind of going back to 2017 2018 I really started getting into romance novels, but let's talk a little bit about your history uh, with the romance genre in general. Well, I think I have always kind of had an appreciation for love and love stories in my in my romance or in my books that I'm reading. So, um, who's that author? Oh, I should have looked this up. The one that wrote things like Something Borrowed, Something Blue. I think it's like. 
Emily something. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, the, but it's more like closed door, okay, light and fun. I would consider it like a seasonal read. Mm-hmm. You need something light and fun for the summer, beach read type thing. Um, I read a lot of Nicholas Sparks. Okay. And, you know, cried every time because his always ends sadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of like my my biggest, um, you know, thing that I was diving into was just like these light and airy closed door romances. And then I started reading, I think they were I think they were based off of recommendations from you, Meg. Mm. I think you you had me read um why didn't I? Why didn't I write these down beforehand? Um, so many sexy one, books. Th- they all read together. <laughs> the Bride Test. Oh yes, uh huh. Right. I read that one recently. Yes. Or I mean, within like the past year or so, and I think I was like, oh my goodness, this one was much more scandalous than I thought. And I remember kind of cringing to myself because I had gotten a stack of books from the library, and one of them was the Bride Test, and I had just posted like books on Instagram just pick these up at the library and I had no idea (laughs) that it was like an open door romance that I had just posted on my Instagram and I was like oh well maybe wait until after you read the books to post them on your Instagram to be sure you want that uh little endorsement there Uh Um, uh-huh but one of the books in my list is the one that really pushed me over the edge and I'm gonna save I'm gonna save that commentary for uh for when we get to that book. Okay. Well, I've discussed this on the main show, but just as a sort of brief reminder, I was one of those that was always very, I'm just going to say it, I was snobbish about the romance genre. I have a degree in English, so I've read much serious literature in my life, and I really thought that all romance books were like the bodice rippers that... Uh, you know, the Fabio covered bodice rippers that I would see on the, you know, end table at a babysitter's house and be scandalized by because my mother certainly would never read something like that. Um, so I was super skeptical about the the whole genre of romance for a long time. And again, I was very snobbish about it. Um, however, my epiphany moment came when I heard an episode and this has been oh my goodness years ago now but it was on a pop culture happy hour on NPR that's an NPR production they had a whole episode dedicated to romance books and it was Linda Holmes who now is a romance author herself this was years before she published anything um and a a panel of women and they just did this deep dive into the romance genre and they were and these were smart women using you know like real vocabulary to talk about books with like real plots and character development. And I was like, what is this thing that I know nothing about? And that was the jumping off point for me. And then it really intensified when one of our superstars, Anna, introduced me to the podcast Learning the Tropes, which is a beginner's guide really to the romance genre. Um, The two hosts, one of them, this uh, friends, a guy and girl, uh, the guy had never read romance books as they started the podcast. And so the girl would explain to him all the different tropes that are in the book. And it was hilarious. And I I learned about so many new books and authors that way. A lot of these that I'm going to talk about today, I think I actually heard on Learning the Tropes. So once I got into it, I was like, these are actually really fun um, and very sexy. We've kind of 
talked about this before in the past on Sort of Awesome, but, you know, some people have maybe some moral qualms about, you know, if I if I have this sort of set of moral principles that I live my own life by, is it okay for me to read these very sexy books? I have to say for me, it's been nothing but good for my marriage and sex life to have a little something spicy in my hands. Listen, we are throwing all that out the window for this episode. It is hashtag awful Christian girl all the way. <laughs> yes. Somebody asked me if um, in this thread where people were asking for a list of recommendations, one person said, can you please specify which ones are open door and which ones are closed door? And I was like, oh, honey, they're all going to be open door. <laughs> I know, I'm oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was going to say that too. Uh, all of mine. <laughs> I, I don't think I've read a closed door one yet. Maybe somebody could recommend one to me that I could round out my romance experience with by giving me a good closed door. But all of mine are frankly very open door. Well, and if I'm going to recommend a closed door romance, like I'm going to recommend that on the main show. That's, that's, yes. that's appropriate on the main show. This episode... This episode is behind a paywall for a reason. For I mean, we reason. are, uh, the door's wide open. And if you have missed the definition of open door versus closed door, we're basically talking about how intimately involved yes. the reader gets into the details yes. of intimacy, sexual mm-hmm. activity. Um, yes. Open door, meaning that you're much more privy to all that information. So yes. it's just mm-hmm. going to be a lot spicier. Yes. Uh, a lot more rated R versus PG-13. Absolutely. That's a good clarification. I'm glad you said that because sometimes I, we say that so interchangeably now as a, in our conversations, I forget that we need to kind of define what our terms are. Another definition to bear in mind to truly be a romance book, not um, women's literature or, or those types of things. A true romance book has a happily ever after. And so again, this is one of the reasons that I've really loved this genre is because they can just be such a fun pick me up where if you, I mean, if you just want to escape into a story and there are some incredible stories being told with really excellent character development, but you can know as you're going through the book, like all's well that ends well with this couple, you can know it's going to happen. So can I, can I, can I break the rule? Yes. Uh, this, this is a warning that I have. Okay. That w- one of the books I'm going to recommend does not end well. Ooh, I think I know what it might be. So Maybe. I'm going to say proceed with caution. Yeah. But for any listener, if you like need to know, like DM me and okay. I will help you avoid the glorious heartbreak. Okay. And I will tell you which one it is. Okay. But one of mine, one of mine, oh, it's so good. But My- it, it, it ends so badly. <laughs> My romance readers' spidey senses are tingling. I think I know what it's going to be. Um, okay, so speaking of the podcast, Learning the Tropes, let's talk about, because again, we're, we're newish within the past couple of years, newish to the romance genre. As you have dove into this, uh, this kind of book, what are some of the tropes that you find like, oh, I will always pick up a, you know, this kind of story book? Okay. I have a very specific taste, I feel like. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I really like an age gap. Oh, really? I, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're going to make me blush. You're like already laughing at me. <laughs> 
I have to, space, I have to be, I have to pretend to be scandalized, but you know, <laughs> listen, nothing's going to scandalize me. Okay. So I really like an age gap. I really like a teacher student romance. Mm-hmm. I really like forced proximity, as in like oh, yes. a deserted island or even the trope of fake relationship like a fake yep. uh fiance yep. fake boyfriend girlfriend and i think the reason why i like these specific ones age gap teacher student forced proximity is because i really like it when the conflict about why they're not together is more external it's okay. more um society says this isn't right this yeah. maybe isn't appropriate. I should fight this because of something external. I like that mm. more than I like this internal struggle of I'm not worthy of love. I don't deserve happiness. If only they knew this deep secret within me, they wouldn't actually love me. Okay. Um, like that type of thing. And so I think that's why I'm drawn to those versus I mean I still read others but that's why I'm really drawn especially like teacher student I mean that's like 100% like this is not appropriate (laughs) but I want them so badly I can't help it and I love that (laughs) this is not appropriate but it's so hot (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) I just like that so much more than oh my gosh damaged they're not really gonna like me (laughs) (laughs) well this will this will work out perfectly for the superstars because i'm almost exactly the opposite although i do love a forced proximity story oh my gosh those are some of my favorites my top three favorite tropes and i think i actually i didn't even plan it this way but i think each of the ones the books i've chosen to talk about represent this each of these tropes in some way Uh, i love an enemies to lovers love it love it when they start out as bitter enemies or rivals or they there's just like that hatred but it's such a fine line because it's really masking the intensity of the attraction they have for each other <laughs> love that which that's kind of an external one too although a lot of times i feel like the the rivalry kind of brings up a lot of the inner part mm-hmm. of the person and so that's kind of like what causes the conflict I love a good old-fashioned opposites attract. I just, I don't know. It's so simple. It's a tale as old as time, literally, like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> but I just, I love it. It's it's so simple and so pure and so good. I love opposites attract. And then the, the, the last one kind of does dovetail with opposites attract. My favorite, and this, I don't even think this is the actual name of a trope. I call it Grouch with a Heart of Gold. Usually, you know, it's usually a uh, one of one part of the couple is um, is the, you know, hates the world, misanthrope, always grouchy about things. The sulky one in the corner. The sulking one in the corner. Give him to me every time. (laughs) I love it. I am here for it every single time. Um, It's probably my very favorite trope. And I just love that thing of like, I, I do. I love the damaged guy now. That's not as much fun in real life. <laughs> Ask me how I know. But truly that idea of like, he's so grouchy, he's brooding, he's dark, he has a secret. He feels he feels damaged on the inside. But when just the right person comes into his life, it unlocks love and worth and goodness uh, on the inside. So 
I love oh, it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we said that at the same time. Well, you know, here's a bonus book for you. The only reason this one isn't on my official list is because I've already talked about it in depth on episode 247. It was our summer list show, and it was one of my recommendations, and it is On the Island by Tracy Jarvis Graves. And this book is a perfect example of some of my favorite tropes of age gap, forced proximity. It's a deserted island romance with an age gap. Oh, it's so, so good. (laughs) If you want to hear me talk about it, um, because I'm going to skip that now. Again, that's episode 247. Start at 29 minutes and 20 seconds. And start with this. It's one of my favorite books I've read. Good, good, good. Period. It's so good. Okay, well, let me kick off our list. I know you have a lot of ground to cover. I'm going to kick off the list, though, because I have what I think is a good entryway book, a good beginner book, if you've never picked up um, an open door romance before. I think this is a really good, fun place to start. And I think I maybe have talked about it on the main show, but if I can't remember, I bet y'all don't either. So... So this book is called The Hating Game, and it's by Sally Thorne. This is definitely a quintessential enemies to lovers book. Another trope for this book is office romance. Those don't always do it for me. Again, I'm just not like a really office place geared person, but I do love this story and I love these characters, and it happens to take place in the context of an office. So the sort of driving heartbeat of this book is the idea that hating someone feels disturbingly similar to being in love with them. Mm. (laughs) So we have our main couple, Lucy and Joshua. They work in an office together. And it's almost kind of a forced proximity, too, because of the way their offices are situated. When they go to work, they have to be in the same space together. And they hate each other. They have these – they hate each other so much they've even created little games not really fun games, but like mean, passive-aggressive games to annoy each other throughout the day during their workday. Lucy is very bright and quirky and fun, and she always has a good attitude about work, and she's always positive. Joshua is very uptight. He's very meticulous. He's very serious about their job. They annoy each other. They're definitely an opposites attract couple. Well, as the plot unfolds, they're up for the same position that would be a promotion for each of them in the office and that really ramps up the rivalry and then things happen and it tips over into maybe we don't hate each other so much after all (laughs) this is a very open door romance it is very sexy um i love the uh the back and forthness because one of the things that again i was so skeptical about and i just was I, I just didn't know that romance novels could be this fun to read is the dialogue because again they are enemies so the dialogue the back and forth the little um comments to each other so fun so funny so well written and it's really just it's a great little starter book it does not take long to read at all if you are in a reading slump and you want something that you can just breeze through and is also going to be something sexy um, it's a great one. And again, you may even discover, hey, I actually, I love those office romances. You, you might be surprised. So again, it's called The Hating Game and it's by Sally Thorne. 
I have this waiting for me at the library. It was requested. I'm excited to read it. It's a good one. Okay, so another one that I have for you that's a little bit more of like a gentle introduction to Open Door um, would be called Covet by Tracy Jarvis Graves, the same author as On the Island. It's actually the book Covet and then the sequel Cherish that I'm recommending. So Claire's marriage is in a really rough season with her husband. He's lost his job. He's really down on himself. And when he finally finds another job, it requires him to be gone four nights a week. And Claire is struggling to hold on to her marriage. She's pulled over by the hottest cop she has ever seen, Daniel. Oh, my. And Claire ends up being hired by the police department to do some graphic design work, which leads to Claire and Daniel spending more and more time together. They're both lonely and desperate for companionship, but will they cross the line? Now, Mm. as a reader, I really felt the confusion that Claire and Josh were having of like, do I want them to be together? Do I really want Claire to leave her husband? You know, it wasn't quite as cut and dry as a lot of romances where the significant other is obviously a jerk and you're just waiting for them to get dumped, you know? Mm-hmm. like Because mm-hmm. that, that like always happens. They're dating somebody right. else, but clearly that relationship is flawed. This one felt more high stakes, more like this is marriage like do we really are we really rooting for the end of a marriage to happen here it also is not as like open dory i think as honestly i can't remember quite how open door it is this one if anything might be more closed door um so i think this one it's it's very compelling it's very uh confusing at times as to like what exactly you're rooting for but i also think it has a very satisfying ending however I highly recommend that if you read Covet, that you do need to read Cherish the sequel. Because in that book, I feel like it answers a lot of the questions I was left with after reading Covet. With Cherish, while on duty, Daniel is injured by a gunshot wound to the head. He wakes up in the hospital to find that his ex-wife has been by his side. Daniel is going to need some major rehabilitation from his injuries, and his ex-wife agrees to be his sole caregiver. And you kind of see where things progress from there. These two books together are so good. They're extremely well written, and I think you're really going to feel the complexity of maybe even an emotional affair should it become a physical affair what does it mean to fight for your marriage or to let it go (sighs) okay um what's this author's name tracy jarvis graves okay it sounds like her specialty at least in the ones you've shared from her she sounds like she really gets into that moral dilemma trope which is definitely a thing i don't i very rarely read those but just the idea it's like a complicated for various reasons a complicated um you know morality situation too yeah you know what okay so i also read one by her called um i think it was called like white hot hack or something and it was about a hacker that like literally hacked into a woman's computer and then mm. where that relationship went. And it was the most bizarre, does not fit a single romance trope I've ever heard of type of scenario. And yeah, it, she can really like have these different unique perspectives to her books. 
Okay. Sounds. Oh no, I, I dropped my. That's so hot. I dropped my mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of so hot, you're gonna drop your mic. Okay. My next one. Oh, my next one. Okay. It, it, this is the book. It is super sexy. It is a lot of sex. It is the most sexual out of all of my recommendations that I'm presenting to you. It is The Idea of You by Robin Lee. Now, uh-huh. I know I've talked about this before. I'm talking about it again because I can't remember where I talked about it. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. And it's so worth saying again. This this book, this is the this was my tipping point. I okay. went from being like maybe a casual reader of romance to holy smokes, this is the holy grail of all <laughs> genres. <laughs> I'm now hooked. So the premise is this that Solin takes her teenage daughter to a boy band concert and they have VIP meet and greet tickets that they are able to meet the band beforehand and that's where she meets Hayes one of the singers of the boy band who is instantly smitten with Solin and ends up inviting her to lunch lunch ends up turning into so much more now the big hook here is that Solin is 39 and Hayes is 20 so classic age gap romance now Mm -hmm. this book is so incredibly well written so lynn finds herself battling some major issues within this relationship of being in love with her teenage daughter's celebrity crush uh what it means to have a fandom that hates you uh what it's like dating a young man who has endless access to other women and then of course the age gap so there's so much that I love about this book, and I think there's so many different levels and complexities to it, like the responsibility of motherhood. Um, also, it, it dives into like Hayes as an artist, and is he even truly like a real, valid artist if all of his fans are teenage girls? And kind of like that feminist twist on it of like, heck yes, he is. Uh, why are we dismissing the love of teenage girls and kind of smash the patriarchy type of outlook on that. A lot of my, you know, love what you love type of mantra was actually birthed from reading this book. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anything that the lead character was based (laughs) off of the beloved (laughs) Harry Styles. So I won Mr. Harry Styles. Okay, I'm telling you, I read this book so fast. It was recommended to me by an awesome. I got it and read it like in 24 hours. And I even renewed this book to the max that I could. I kept it for the full six weeks, even though I was done with it, simply because I didn't want to have it leave my house. I wasn't reading it the whole six weeks. I just didn't want to give it back. (laughs) You just needed it in your actual physical possession. Oh, my word. I loved it. Um, I read this book on your recommendation. I will agree with you. This is one of the hottest books I've ever read. And I've read a few hot books. This, this one is so sexy. If you are in a place, even if the like boy band stuff does not appeal to you, even if you're not a big age gap person, if you just want to (laughs) look, if you just need a little spark, a little inspiration, a little motivation, this book is so hot. It is so sexy. Wow, I like. I feel like I'm starting to blush a little just <laughs> thinking about some of those scenes. Oh my goodness! But but the great thing 
I will totally agree with you on this. It's not just hot sex scenes. There, there's really interesting character development. There's really interesting, it's like kind of like moral quandaries to explore. You real, I love the character of Solène. You can really identify with her, especially you know here I am, over forty. She's like nearing forty in the book. I feel like, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot to relate to in that book, and it's super hot. So, amen. What's next Good. on your list? Okay, this is one, again, I cannot, I do not think I've talked about this on the show, but I know I have talked with, about this book with a number of awesomes, including my dear friend, Kara Pence, who has been on Sort of Awesome before and is also a superstar. Um, this book is called Truth or Beard, and it is the first book in the Winston Brother series by prolific, much beloved romance writer, Penny Reed. So the context for this book is we have our lead character, her name's Jessica, and she is somebody who's like, she wants to get out, she wants to see the world, but then like things happen, circumstances change. She has to return to her hometown to earn some money to pay off student loans. She doesn't plan to stay there long, but um, so she finds herself back in her hometown. This book opens with one of the hottest makeout scenes that I've read in a while. I mean, just like straight into it in the opening pages of the book. She thinks that she has run into one of her longtime crushes from her hometown, a man named Bo uh, Winston. And they kind of like tumble into this makeout session. Then she discovers it was not Bo at all it was Bo's identical twin brother Dwayne her childhood enemy that she can't stand well here we go enemies to lovers this is such a great enemies to lovers book it's really actually pretty tender and sweet um I at first did not know how much I was going to like this because this is one of those books, like I think a trope definitely is, can be based on like geographical context. And this is like Southern good old boy land. And I was a little skeptical about how much I was going to like that. Sometimes I feel like small towns, especially in the sort of South, um, get painted with really broad strokes and it's not always very, well, what's the word I can say? It's not always a very kind treatment of that. But I have to say, I think that Penny Reed does a great job developing these characters. Um, the As the relationship unfolds, it's definitely very hot. And you do get to see some of like the unpacking of why they were at odds when they were growing up and um, Dwayne's attraction to her this whole time. It's really a great read. Now, I will say this is the first in a series of eight about the Winston brothers. This is the only one I've read. So to me, it wasn't, it wasn't enough of a hook to that. I felt like, oh my gosh, I, I've got to know more about all of these brothers. Um, which is not to say that they were off putting. I just, there's a whole bunch of them. I've only read the first book in the series. If you're looking for a series that you can get into, I think you'll love it. Penny Reed is a very great. And like I said, much beloved, uh, Raymond's writer. And this one on Kindle unlimited. So if you get the Kindle Unlimited and you want to check it out, this is a fun one to read. I feel like I was going to say something else about this trope-wise. Oh, I know. Okay. Mistaken identity and or the identical twin thing is definitely a trope in Roman's books. <laughs> I'm going to say as the mother of identical twins, I don't <laughs> care for that trope. 
not my favorite. <laughs> I was able to overcome my aversion to it because this book is very sexy and very fun. But like, I'm not going to be seeking out more like identical twin mistaken identity books. That's for sure. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, my next, what's next book. My next one is The Substitute by Denise Grover Swank. This is part of the Wedding Pack series, which is a group of women, I think there's three of them, who all agree that they want to get married with by the time they turn 30, I think. Um, and this is the first book. The series is on Kindle Unlimited. And this is a light and fun rom-com style book. I... Well, a lot of the ways that I found these books on Kindle Unlimited that I was reading was by going and looking at the reviews. And I was sold on this book <laughs> because the first two reviews, the top reviews on this book was listed under Christian romance. Definitely not. <laughs> Rebecca was like, no, wait, tell me more. <laughs> like it was it, there was sex before marriage and language and I'm like sold you have said enough okay so these women were like scandalized that this was under Christian romance and it, right, right, it right. was a very helpful review in my book and I instantly downloaded it yes so the storyline is that Megan has broken things off with her fiance but she is so nervous to tell her family that she keeps putting it off so much so that eventually she's on the plane heading back home for her wedding weekend and she still hasn't told oh, anyone no. I oh, mean that's Megan a, don't do that I no. know that that's a little dumb isn't it but yeah so Megan ends up passing out on the plane because she's drinking and she took some medication because she's afraid of flying mm. and the handsome stranger okay. <laughs> not the passing out part I've never done that but I will take a little something to take the edge off <laughs> So the handsome stranger next to her, Josh, graciously comes to her rescue to try to drag her off the plane. And people are looking at him very suspiciously because he literally has Megan over his shoulder. And so he starts just mumbling, oh, I'm her fiance. It's OK. Yada, yada. Ah. Well, well <laughs> Megan's family overhears this and boom, Josh becomes Megan's substitute fiance for the weekend as they plan how to stage a breakup that leaves Megan looking good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now, yes. personally, I thought the buildup between Megan and Josh was a little bit rushed for my liking. Hashtag slow burns our life. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but this book was so fun and light and sexy and a really amusing trope that I find it hard to resist. I just, I, again, it's that forced proximity, that pretending that soon melts away into reality that I just absolutely love. So... Uh, the Substitute, highly recommend it on Kindle Unlimited. The next one is also a little bit of a forced proximity book, and it is The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. I think this one is highly popular in the romance world. Lots of people are loving this book. Leon is looking for some quick cash and decides he needs to rent out his one-bedroom apartment. Um, but while it's a bit unconventional, the idea is that the two flatmates will never be in the apartment at the same time because Leon works nights and he spends the weekends at his girlfriend's apartment. So Tiffy takes the plunge and moves in since she needs to get out of her ex-boyfriend's apartment ASAP. And they start living almost these like parallel lives with 
him there sleeping during the day and then gone at night and her there sleeping in the same bed at night and gone during the day. And mm-hmm. Leon and Tippy, they start building this relationship through these little post-it note messages that they start to leave around the apartment for each other. Aww, you know, well, that's pretty cute. It is incredibly sweet and a delightful slow burn. You know, it starts with something simple like, um, I'm, I made extra of supper. It's in the fridge if you want some. Or, you know, I just bought yes. milk or things like that. And then it just, it slowly starts to build. And then these notes are like all over the apartment. So the most unique part about this book is that the relationship is really built on this foundation of friendship through the notes and that they don't even know what the other person looks like. Mm. So there's this really deep connection that has formed that isn't even based on the physical. So then when they end up seeing each other for the first time and there is that physical attraction, well, it just really like moves things into overdrive. It is so good. The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Okay. Sounds enticing. I like that. Sounds super cute. And I have definitely heard people, especially in our awesome community, talking about really loving that book. So um, I'll go ahead and share the third one on my list. Now, this is the only one on my list. And I think I was, again, I was looking through my Kindle library. I think this is right. I think this is my only historical fiction. I made a last minute change I didn't tell you about before we started recording because I was like, you know, if we're going to talk romance, we really should acknowledge the fact that many romances are also historical fiction. Have you read any that are like in the past sometime? Uh, No. And I think that's because I kind of doubt that they're going to be hot enough for me. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to convince me that I'm wrong, but I just know that, you know, back in the day, relationships just, you know, they were built differently, you know, like hand-holding. That's what you think, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, convince me I'm wrong. This is a great starter for you. I'm going to insist that you read it. It's not on Kindle Unlimited, but right now, as you and I are recording, it's $2.99 on Kindle. I'm going to tell you it's worth every penny of that. So this book is called Dreaming of You, and it is written by Lisa Klepos, who is a very, very, very popular historical romance writer. This is the second book in her series that's called The Gamblers of Cravens. But each of the ones, the way I understand it, each of the ones in this series are actually pretty standalone. It's a series in the, this, in the sense that like the couples who get together throughout the series, they might like make cameos in other books, but each book is truly about the central couple. So this was book two. I've not, I have never read book one to this series or any of the others, but this one is so, uh, it's, it's very good. It's very hot. So the idea behind Dreaming of You, and again, I should say this is this takes place in the Regency era. So this is a whole thing. There are some people that read Regency era romance novels exclusively. Like that's where they camp out. That's where they live. So that speaks to the fact that, trust me, Rebecca, it goes a lot beyond handholding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like burned by the the... What is that book and movie that everybody loves that I don't? Jane Austen? Yeah. Where, like, they just, like, looked at each other, and they were soulmates. And I'm like, come on. Yes, Jane Austen being very chaste, being very British. But this 
Okay, so actually Being British very Regency. boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my my inner romance loving goddess has been hiding out and you know, but really alive and well on the inside for so long that I was like, Jane Austen, this is not doing it for me. No. <laughs> Okay, well, Dreaming of You takes place in the British Regency period, and this is like 1811 to 1820. And again, you may think, like, what's sexy about that time? Well, let me tell you. Um, our main <laughs> couple here is Sarah. First of all, Sarah Fielding. She is a an author, or she wants to be. She wants to, or actually, I think she, as I'm remembering it, maybe she actually has written a book. She's written a book. It was successful, but it was, um, it's, not really something that women were like known for doing back then and so there's actually a really fun and strong feminist uh thread through this one as well but she through a chance meeting uh meets a, a man named Derek Craven now I have to stop right here and tell you Rebecca that Derek Craven that name signifies for so many romance readers the quintessential romantic lead hero but I do want to prepare you for the fact that he is dark and brooding in the corner. <laughs> okay. Okay. He was, he was literally, he was born from a prostitute or we say sex worker now, um, literally in the gutters in London and was raised by other women in that community. Um, he grew up on the streets. Okay. But in one of the opening scenes of the way that, um, that they meet, it's like, well, actually, you know, Sarah ends up being somebody who kind of saves his life a little bit. So here we have Sarah, who is kind of a wallflower. She is um, not used to life on the street. She grew up in the English countryside. She's very prim. She's very proper. Derek is a very tortured soul. I don't deserve love because I grew up in the streets. My mother, I, I think his mother died or abandoned him, something. Um, so he owns this gambling den, this gambling house. And so there's all kinds of characters that come through there. Anyway, circumstances put them together and the love story unfolds from there. Now, I know what, as I'm describing this, you're thinking like, this is not my taste. <laughs> But I am telling you, this book is so well written in the sense that you don't have to feel like you know a lot of like about history to really understand what's happening. It's extremely readable. And there is something very, very remarkably um, sexy and redeeming about Derek Craven. This book is very hot. It is definitely, definitely open door. So... Just know that it can be historical and be sexy. And again, uh, you, you, you have to read it and decide for yourself if Derek Craven lives up to the hype. But I heard about this book on Learning the Tropes podcast. It was one of their earlier episodes. And after hearing the way they gushed on and on about Derek Craven and what a uh, sexy hero he was for this book, the more I was like, why? Well, I'm going to pick that up. So anyway, it's called Dreaming of You. It's by Lisa Clayposs, and it is a historical romance that's very opposites attract that I think you'll enjoy. Okay, I will give it a go. I, I am open-minded, and I will believe your recommendation. <laughs> good, good, good. You won't be sorry. Okay, so my last three recommendations are all by the same author, Elizabeth O'Rourke. 
and they are all available on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, so, fun. The first one is called Undertow. In Undertow, Mora comes from a wealthy family, and she spends the summers at her grandparents' estate along the beach. And Nate is the housekeeper's son who lives in the pool house on the property. What a sexy name that is, Rebecca. I know. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So they are best friends starting at a very young age. But it's also that, you know, wrong side of the tracks kind of relationship. She's so wealthy. He's so poor. Um, But... They become teenagers, and suddenly they can, like, no longer deny this connection that is between them. Mm, So the narrative of the book is split between present time, which includes Mara's current dating conflicts, and the past, which is building this connection and romance between Mara and Nate. So this is a very classic childhood, second chance, wrong side of the tracks romance with an incredible slow burn. Ooh, now, I love a slow burn. Yes. Oh, I love it so much too. So, I tend to stay away from teenage sweetheart tropes or childhood romance um, because I'm not sure I'll find them quite as engaging or maybe even belie- believable as adult romance, like maybe a little too dramatic, a little too immature. But this book really proved me wrong. I found the building connection between Nate and Mora as children and teenagers just as engaging as the present time storyline. And I kind of found myself rushing to get through the present time section so I could see what happens next between Mora and Nate as teenagers because they, they have all summer together and then they have to wait all nine months until she returns again. And then they have all summer together and then they have to wait again. I, I like this. I, I like wish this I could. Meg, I wish I could read this one again for the first time. It was so sweet and beautiful and pure, except, I mean, it's open door. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, but like not pure, like, like that type of way, but just the, like the love and the connection between them yeah. is so sweet and pure. I yeah. really appreciated seeing how their relationship transformed from as young as like I'm thinking the book might have started at like age six and then how it grew from there where the conflict comes in and then how they're brought back together in present day it was really a great read and again that one's called Undertow Mm -hmm. so now this next one is two books I'm recommending called Parallel and Intersect And this book has a bit of a sci-fi twist to it. So Quinn is living a good life. She's engaged to a man that she loves, but she keeps dreaming about being married to someone else. And Mm. the crazy part is that the dreams are feeling incredibly real, so much so that she starts grieving for this husband from her dreams. Okay. She's engaged. She's going to get yeah. married. But suddenly she's like, oh, but my, I'm already, I really feel like I'm already married to the love of my life. And she begins having this like, this like disconnect in her yeah. real life because she's like pining and grieving for this husband of hers in like this parallel universe. Hence the book called Parallel. 
So this book ends in a cliffhanger. So you definitely need to read the second book, which is called okay. Intersect. Now, here's a warning to you. There's a third and fourth book in this series. I don't recommend reading those. <laughs> okay. The, the third and fourth book... It, they do a bit of a callback. Like, they do kind of uh, involve the characters of the first two, but yet not. I mean, you get it if you read it, but they, they're they very dark. So I ended up reading this this summer, like, in the height of pandemic stress and overwhelm. And yes. suddenly I found myself thinking I was reading just a light, fun romance that is suddenly uh-huh. filled with, like, kidnap and like lots of murder and world war ii and i was like wait what is happening here but by this point i was so far invested into the book i couldn't (laughs) stop but i was like this this is way too murdery for what i signed up for (laughs) so okay the third and fourth book are good they're well written but they are dark. They are a different style of book. So you proceed with caution. I, I think you can absolutely do without and just end after the first two books and you will leave completely satisfied and enjoy your experience. That's just my warning about the third and fourth book. Uh, okay. you, could, you could definitely skip them. Okay. So okay. The, the final book. Yeah. The final book is called Waking Olivia. This is a teacher-student romance. Will is the college track coach, and Olivia is the troubled star runner with a secret that keeps her from living up to her athletic potential. Mm. So here's a little bit of the spoiler. The trouble is that she runs in her sleep. (laughs) Oh, oh my. Okay. she, She has some sort of uh, sleep uh, condition <laughs> she has restless legs to the maximum and <laughs> that she's literally trying to run out that restlessness exactly so um you know she shows up ready to perform to her best before these major track meets and she's already run like 10 miles that day because oh she's gosh. been running yes. through the night yeah okay so Determined to help Olivia, Will starts standing guard outside Olivia's room the night before the track meets. This is an incredible slow burn. It is so super hot. I have read three teacher-student romances this year, and this one is my favorite. There is just something incredibly hot about a man being attracted to a woman that goes beyond, like, all logic. He's like, no, no. She is off limits. This is inappropriate. This is going to cost me my job. This is the, no. And he's just like, oh, gosh, I just can't help myself. Like, he just, <laughs> it's yes. so, it's just so hot. It's yeah. so hot. Now, this running storyline might seem like a little like, oh, okay, <laughs> what, what is happening? A little far stretched. What is happening here? Yeah. 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 I tell you what, you're not going to care. It is just, it, the the slow burn between these two is so good. You are not going to care. It is just yeah. amazing. So again, that one is called Waking Olivia, available on Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. 
that was quite a list. And you know, I'm so glad that you brought up the one that's like the sort of like sci-fi with the dreams and like what's going on with that. I want to make a, a special note here that, I mean, Rebecca and I are mostly talking about pretty much straight romances. It's pretty much, you know, men and women in fairly realistic settings, even if some of it's a little bit more historical. But one of the things I love about romance is that there is genuinely a storyline for anything you can dream of and some things that you maybe have never dreamed of. The um, LBGTQ realm of romance has exploded in the past, you know, decade, although certainly it's been around longer than that. But just in terms of like own voices, writers creating romance and that just becoming so much more easily, um, easy to find, easy to read. So you've got that going on. You do have romance in any kind of genre you can think of. Fantasy, sci-fi, um, space travel, um, you know, things way in the past, much more in the past than uh, the Regency period. Like genuinely, there is something for everyone and almost all, I think that the romance community is so, the romance reader community and writers are like so open and there's so little shaming of like whatever your thing is that you're into. Like if you think like, I those sound very fine girls, but they're a little vanilla for me. Like I really am into like this thing that's like a really specific thing. Number one, you can probably find a romance, at least one series on it. And two, it's just like such an open community that's just like, gives you permission to explore those things that you find really hot and are really, you know, get you enticed into reading these stories and getting to know these characters. So, you know, our list is pretty conventional, I think, in the grand scheme of everything you can find. And if you are like, you know, I want something a little bit more quirky than Megan Rebecca's picks, I cannot highly recommend enough. Go listen to Learning the Tropes. They cover some of my favorite episodes that they've done. They cover Shapeshifter and other supernatural romances. Some of these plot lines are so bananas and also so fun. And you never know. You might find your new favorite book over there. So You never know. <laughs> now, real quick, I'm going to end here on just some tips for getting the most out of your Kindle Unlimited free trial. So first of all, we're going to have the link in the show notes. You're going to get two months for free. If you already have used two months for free, uh, with Kindle Unlimited, I think as a sort of awesome team, if you sign up for a paid subscription, we also would receive some credit for that. Oh, um, okay. But hmm. the link is going to take you to a promo page that says that the offer has expired. It it, it still works. I don't know what's oh. going on. Amazon, get your act together. It still works. Mm -hmm. So click on it anyway. Mm -hmm. Then again, you want to cancel right away so that you don't have to worry about canceling later and you're going to still get access for the full two months. You can check out 10 books at a time. So okay. if you are getting towards the end of the two months, you can go into your account, you can load up on 10 uh, rentals, and then you can turn your Kindle, turn the Wi-Fi off, and you're going to be able to catch up and, and read okay. without them disappearing. But you have to have your Wi-Fi turned off so that your Kindle doesn't know that those books need to be returned. Does that make sense? Uh. Oh, it totally makes sense. I love how you're gaming the Amazon system with this. So, <laughs> so smart. So that's how I am still kind of reading some Kindle Unlimited books, even though my subscription is done, my free trial is done. I 
suspect that this also would work on the Kindle app if you only are opening the Kindle app while your phone is on airplane mode. I think it would also work then, but I don't know that for sure. Another way that you can get more than 10 at a time is to look for box sets. A lot of these that are series, you can like loan out check out the entire series as a box set and that will only count as one book from kindle unlimited oh my gosh that's so smart so the one that i talked about with the um the substitute um it's part of the wedding pact series where they have the the substitute fiance that's a three book series and you can get the whole book set in one uh same thing with the parallel series the one that has the sci-fi ish twist to it you can get all of those in one again skip the last three um and that will give you like even more books that you can continue to read even after your free trial is over awesome I love it. That is so smart. So smart. Okay. Well, we uh, we covered a lot of ground with the romances today, Rebecca. Thank you for bringing this to the Sort of Spicy series. Yeah, this was so much fun. I want to stop recording and open the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I am too. I'm like, I think I'm going to go back and reread Dreaming of You. That's a good one. I forgot about Derek Craven for a hot minute. So um, if people want to have follow-up conversation with you, quick reminder of where they can find you on social media. Okay. You can find me at Simply Rebecca everywhere. And of course, in the Superstars group on Facebook, if you haven't joined us there, I'm sure we'll be talking about some of our favorite... um, favorite romances for everyone feel free to come help us make our list a little bit more uh, diverse with your suggestions as well you know you can find me on social media at sort of awesome meg again thank you guys so much for making this sort of spicy series possible so excited for some of our upcoming topics and yeah i think that's it for us so we'll see y'all next time <laughs>